Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. All right, welcome back to Inbound Sales Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie. This week, I have the pleasure of bringing on uh, one of our first guests to the podcast, Kyle Bentel from Impact Branding and Design up in Connecticut. Kyle is on the Impact team. Uh, he's a growth strategist on the team there and very excited to dig into uh, some of the sales process that they're going through, what his role looks like, um, and some of the practical takeaways and lessons that he's learned from his time there. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Kyle, how you doing, man? I am wonderful today. I'm really excited to be here with you. Uh, I'm excited for everyone who's listening right now to be here with us and looking forward to dive into it. Awesome. Well, let's start off, Kyle, um, just with maybe a quick background on your role, what you're doing. Um, and then also, if you want to give us, uh, I think most of the most of the folks listening have probably in past episodes heard us mention Impact or know maybe a little bit of the story. But if you want to give us maybe a quick overview on Impact and the primary services that you're selling, that'd be a good background to start with. Sure. So yeah, I can start with Impact. Um, if you're in the inbound space, uh, especially with HubSpot Partner, you've, you've likely heard of us. We're one of uh, HubSpot's diamond partners. Uh, generally speaking, we're, we're doing mostly inbound retainer work. So, so we work with kind of a, a specific target market and are working with them generally in long-term engagements, but we also do a lot of project-based work. So um, whether it's web design or growth-driven retainers, we, we find ourselves coming into help organizations wrap their head around this inbound process, maybe do some more complicated things in HubSpot that they don't have the internal resources to do, uh, as well as working with them on, on kind of a long-term engagement. I have been with Impact for just about a year now. I was brought in to help Tom DeCipio, who's our chief strategy officer, spearhead our sales process and really take things to the next level. And in that year's time, I've uh, really shifted in my role from what was originally kind of working alongside Tom and taking on the same responsibilities to him to helping impact redevelop their sales process. And now I'm finding my role kind of at the top of the sales funnel, which we can dive into a little bit later. That's awesome. So uh, kind of at the top of the funnel there, um, and I, I know obviously – your title is growth strategist. One of the questions that we've gotten a lot from folks is like uh, in, in a lot of agencies, especially um, younger but growing agencies, they have an agency owner who typically is involved in closing the business, but trying to figure out how to manage that top of the funnel to set up uh, qualified conversations for you know, a lot of times that agency principal um, to be involved in the sales process. So a lot of folks have asked like, how do I bring on a BDR or uh, I mean, there's all kinds of questions about that. Um, someone who can help on the business development side of things near closer to the top of the funnel. So what does, maybe let's start with like kind of on a daily basis. Um, what does the bulk of your activity look like? I'm sure there's no like standard day for you, but, uh, but what does the bulk of that activity look like? Are you 
doing are you on the phone a ton are you emailing a ton is it both i'd imagine there's a lot of elements of both but um but maybe start off there sure so so my job is to make tom's life as easy as possible when it comes to talking to qualified opportunities and closing them so there's kind of two parts to that one is going to be the filling the funnel from the top. So a lot of what we typically associate with a BDR role, the prospecting and getting opportunities who are in our marketing funnel, because um, we, we generate quite a bit of leads, kind of churning through those or, or working through those rather to pull them into a sales process, uh, evaluate to see if they're a good fit for us and then engage them. Uh, that's kind of the, the typical BDR role where I am sending a lot of emails, making a lot of outreach, seeing whether or not uh, there's opportunity within these companies that, that we're kind of already interfacing with. And then the other part of it is the qualification part. So as opportunities either self-identify themselves through requesting a consultation request or um, make it through the top half of that, that BDR process where I'm, I'm prospecting them, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting any of Tom's time and so that he can really focus on those, those qualified opportunities. So I do a lot of qualifying and right off the bat and just understanding, is this a company that we would do, do business with? Are we the best fit for them to help them achieve their goals? And if all check boxes are yes, then I will then um, set Tom up uh, to hopefully, to hopefully knock it out of the park with them. That's awesome. So, um, obviously you're, you're coming through a lot of the leads that you have. There's a lot of email engagement. I'm sure you're on the phone a lot. Is it typical for you to be on the phone multiple times with the same prospect to, so you're taking some of that, like a lot of BDRs kind of stop after the connect call and set up uh, a further discovery call with a strategist or whoever that is. Are you running that discovery call or how far do you go down the sales process typically? So this was a lesson that we learned the hard way right off the bat. When I first started working with Impact, Tom and I were kind of parallel pathing. So we were both doing our own prospecting, even though I was, I was a little bit more heavy-handed with it than he was. Um, but we were both generating opportunities, and we were both kind of seeing them through the sales process with the thought that the person who had made that initial touch – who had started that conversation was, was building the relationship and it, and it made more sense to see it all the way through. We very quickly realized though that the top of the funnel sales process, so, so the prospecting, that initial qualification, connect call as, as HubSpot calls it, um, and the, the explore, the goal setting, and the, the closing conversation are like almost two different art forms. So we found that running in parallel, Tom and I, neither of us could really become an expert in either. So what we've shifted to is now kind of like a front to back approach where I'm really focused on the initial engagement. So reaching out to people who have, who've entered our marketing funnel, who have, have downloaded an ebook or um, engaged us in any, any type of way, seeing if we can help them. Um, whether or not that means working with us or not, but just helping them in a general sense of helping them understand things, um, qualifying them. And then ideally, as soon as they're qualified, passing them off into Tom um, so that Tom can at that point really start the conversation almost over at the exploratory call where he really gets an understanding of their business. So to answer your question more directly, 
in an ideal sense, I wouldn't be engaging in multiple conversations with a prospect. Uh, it has certainly happened and just based on kind of the level of the engagement and the, um, the depth that we need to go into them. But in an ideal world, I would have an initial touch with them to understand whether or not they're qualified. And if they are, pass them up to, to Tom, who's really the, the expert in, in impact services. Got it. Well, that's I mean, that's helpful to hear the background and that you guys have tried it both ways. And that makes a lot of sense that kind of specializing in the roles, um, especially for your skill sets and just so you can both kind of get into the groove of what you have going on that that's happened. But it also helped uh, kind of illuminate the, a little bit of the sales process that you guys are walking folks through as well. So let's kind of focus there on the sales process for a second. Um, in terms of that sales process, how are you managing moving people through that? Um, what are the tools that you're using or what's kind of the progression for someone who gets into that top of their funnel, into the top of the funnel to kind of come through the process and become a, uh, you know, a new customer? Sure. Um, so I was actually talking to Tom before I sat down to have this conversation with you and we were talking about what we would tell someone who's maybe not built out or flushed out their sales process yet. And I think being a, an agency, leveraging the work that's already been done by HubSpot to develop a sales process is absolutely invaluable. Um, we run an adapted version of HubSpot's sales process, but really when, when we started or when, when uh, Impact started building out that process, it was very similar in structure to the way HubSpot laid it down in their, um, it's, it's now their inbound sales um, certification. So our process is, is very much similar to that, that we have kind of that connect stage, which I work. It's the um, idea of qualifying and understanding, is there alignment between the goals of the organization that we're looking to work with and the ability for impact to service those goals? Then there's the explore stages, which is where Tom picks up. And in that, it's really, I tell people it's a getting to know each other call because it's literally nothing more than that. Um, I would say a good percentage of our exploratory calls don't make it past that stage. And the reason is that we want to be very careful in the idea of passing people too far into the process. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the idea of time later on, but the idea is that moving someone further down the stage has to be a very calculated step. So in the explore call, it's really understanding what the um, kind of the structure of the organization that we're talking to is and what they're looking to accomplish. And if we're the right person to help then we'll move them farther into what we would call a goal setting and planning call. The goal setting and planning call is more of a quantitative call where we really get a little bit more granular to understand the scope of the work that we're going to be doing with an organization. So, um, you know, if your say your goal is to increase the number of qualified leads that you're passing to sales, understanding is in order to hit your revenue goal in 2017, how much effort does impact need to put in and where do we have to put those pieces of effort in? Is it, do we need to help you uh, increase traffic? Do we need to help you increase conversion? It's often a mixture of all those things, but understanding where those different buckets are and kind of what the scale of that is. That really helps us understand 
a couple things. One, are we the right person for the job? Uh, two, how much resource do, do we need to invest? And then lastly, what's the value? So we hit that goal, right? We've, we've doubled the amount of traffic coming in. We've increased the conversion rate by a percentage. What's the, like, what's the fiscal value for the company um, that we're uh, talking to here? That really allows us and sets us up to understand like, the goals and, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of the pains that that prospect is having in, in achieving those right now and uh, would set us up for our last conversation with them, which would be a proposal conversation. And in that proposal conversation, it's really about aligning our services with with the ability to to, to kind of make a change in, the, in, in their ability to hit those goals. Um, I would say that we like to keep our sales process like 80% listening and that 20% where we talk about impact and what impact does, how we do it really in an ideal sense only happens in that last conversation. Um, it in reality happens in spits and throws throughout all of our conversations because nobody wants to spend um, all this time on the phone. If, if they, don't have a good understanding of, of what they're kind of getting themselves into. But in reality, we really want to thoroughly understand um, these organizations before we, we try to sell a solution to them. Right. That makes sense. Well, thanks for walking us through that. And it's, uh, I think that you brought up a good point, which I kind of want to go back to here um, about, you know, a good percentage of people who make it to that exploratory stage don't necessarily keep going down the funnel. Um so, and obviously that's critical for not wasting people's time, making sure that you are picking out the most qualified people, but, uh, walk us through how that decision gets made or, um, how you guys think about just kind of maximizing the efficiency and also helping your, your prospects, you know, the best way possible. Sure. Um, sales is tough because everything is always urgent, Right. When, when a person reaches out and says, hey, I would like to talk to you, they mean right now. They don't want to talk to you next week. They don't want to talk to you a month from now. Uh, it's the same reason that when prospecting, it's, it's being in the moment is so valuable. Uh, the idea of maximizing your, your time in sales is really important because it gives you the flexibility to handle those last minute changes, which are so critical in, in the sales process. So when we think about time, it's always about what can we do in our process to shave off a little bit of time um, in order to kind of like add it in back at the beginning so that we can, we can find it when we, when we really need it. Um, the best example I can give is, is some, as a recent change we actually just made where we changed our exploratory call, which, which as I just told you, has been the conversation that we really do that final qualification. Yes, we're going to, yes, we're the right person for you and no, we're not. Um, that call is historically been I don't know what the number that moves through, maybe, maybe 50% of the, of the conversations we have from that exploratory call, we'll move it into the goal setting call. Um, so thinking about that, we decided to shave 15 minutes off that call. Now, the interesting thing about that is by, by spending 15 minutes 
less in the beginning, you have to add that 15 minutes somewhere else. Like that's 15 minutes worth of conversations you don't have anymore. So you would think like moving that farther down in the sales process doesn't make sense. But the reality of it is because it's the call that we have the most of, because we are disqualifying so many people to get through that stage, that adding that to a, say, proposal, adding that extra 15 minutes for the proposal actually makes a ton of sense because for every 10 exploratory calls we have, we have two proposals or one proposal, whatever the numbers work out to be. So it actually makes a ton of sense to kind of reprioritize that time. Yeah. that uh, I mean, that does, you're saving yourself a lot of time, obviously. I mean, as long as that doesn't impact uh, those rates too much. And I think even if it impacts the rates a little, uh, you know, your kind of progression rates, uh, you're likely to still come out on the on the plus side and be able to reinvest that time elsewhere. Um, I'm curious to know, actually, because you bring up the topic of kind of like specifically time as well. Do you have any idea, Kyle? Are you guys tracking at all like the average person who goes through start to finish in the sales process? How much time goes into um, on average that that uh, contact or customer? Sure. Um, so, do you mean the amount of kind of like effort hours that we put in or the number of hours that we, we are spent engaging them on the phone. Right. Uh, well, I mean, both would be interesting. Initially I was thinking the number of hours that you're spending, uh, like effort, effort time on the back end. Um, obviously there's going to be more time put into the proposal and call preparation stuff. Um, but just curious ballpark wise, uh, that's something that's come up in a couple conversations before. Um, and Talking with agencies, I mean, my experience has been all over the place where there's some agencies who who are putting 20 hours into into deals and other agencies who are saying, like, most, most folks most folks are closing in five to eight hours. Sure. Yeah, I'd say we we're right in the middle of that. I, you know, I just tallied it up because I'm not looking at the actual numbers um, right now. I'd say we're probably in, like, the 12 to 14 hours range. And the reason for that is that we're kind of, we like to think of the sales process as building the relationship from the beginning. Um, having an inbound agency on retainer is an extremely, it's, it's one, it's a large investment. And two, it's, you're really, we're really aligned with that organization. You know, we're not just providing them a service. And at the end of the day, as long as, as long as they have their service and then nothing else matters, we're really kind of our success is contingent on the ability to one, help them succeed and to build a very tight relationship with them. So we're really careful in the sales process. We really want to dot all the I's and cross all the T's early on because that one or two hour that we skim off our sales process can potentially cost hours and hours and thousands and thousands moving into an actual relationship with somebody. Right. Yeah. makes sense. Well, that's helpful even just to have that, like, here's how long, somebody is taking and maybe agencies listening can kind of compare and be motivated to measure their own time that they're spending um, and figure out how to be efficient, but also be effective because you're right. It's not just the success of the client's account um, in terms of tangible revenue that you're driving for them. It's also that relationship and how well you're doing at communicating that to them so that the relationship is just as critical as the success that you're driving for them. So last question for you, Kyle, uh, and we can wrap up here. Um, I'm curious to know from your experience, um, obviously have shifted roles a little bit and you guys have rearranged things in the sales process are always looking for ways to improve. 
But is there uh, maybe one or two practical takeaways that you'd have for agencies, something largely like a, an, a younger or less established agency who's trying to figure out how to sell effectively right now? What, uh, what's, what's the piece of advice that you wish that you knew back when you were getting started in your role? Sure. I don't know if this is necessarily applicable to the one piece of advice that I knew, but I know that what I'll recommend to people who are kind of starting to build this process out or considering like how they're going to really build this out. I would say that you don't need to start from the ground up. Like there is, I can't recommend HubSpot sales process enough. And I think the idea is that instead of spending all that effort up front to try to create something that is unique and is your own, working with something that's already established and then pivoting off of it is really effective. Um, It goes back to kind of that conversation of time I had that a lot of the work that we do when it comes to honing our sales process is based around the idea of how can we create more efficiency So if we're answering the same question via email on a regular basis, after the the first time, when that question comes to you the second time, like that needs to be a templated response. If it's the same response, there's no reason to type it twice. So the reason I bring that up is starting with a sales process that's already built allows you to kind of have that framework and then start modifying it from that point on. Um, and I think that's something that, that we've done here that's really worked well for us. The other thing I would say is might be because I'm a huge numbers guy, but track everything. Um, when it comes to sales, the, you know, really the numbers don't lie. So, you know, a lot of the decisions that we've made that have worked out well for us have been based around kind of looking at conversion rates and saying, Oh, we made this change and it's really positively affect our conversion rate. Let's let's double down on that. But if we weren't tracking that information, then we wouldn't have the you know the visibility into it. Right. Well, I think both of those takeaways, uh, I can definitely testify to both of them and appreciate hearing that and your story, Kyle. So thanks for being willing to come on and share just from your own experience. Uh, I think there's a lot here that we could continue to dig into in the future. So we may uh, we may be pulling you back onto the podcast at some point, but appreciate you taking the time to come on. If folks want to follow you online, um, learn about what you're up to and stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, there's a couple ways. Um, one, I always encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn. So Kyle Bento, um, pretty easy to find. Also, you can follow Impact's blog. Um, I'm a pretty regular contributor on it. I'm normally either ranting about something or talking about sales. So there's about a 50% chance that I'll be uh, talking about something real helpful to you. Uh, And then last, uh, KJ Bento on Twitter. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, thanks so much for making time for us today. Of course. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe? Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember... 
Life is a journey. Keep moving forward.